Welcome to the Find Your Awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm an intuitive human design reader, a certified professional coach, and an instigator of joy. I believe that the universe wants us to be sparkly AF and that joy is our natural state. I also believe that we all have within us a totally unique spark. I call it your awesome. And that once we find it and align with it, we not only experience flow and ease and magic, but we serve the world in a way that is absolutely essential. It's our own unique brand of magic, and it's our job to share it with the world. I help people do just that, find their awesome, remember who the fuck they are, and start changing the world in the way that they are meant to. This podcast is a tiny taste of that work. It's a project I started in 2017 while we were traveling around the U.S. in a tiny camper. But the real work I do is the one-on-one work I do as a certified professional coach, a certified performance coach, a mindset and mindfulness expert, and a human design reader. To book a human design reading or learn more about working with me in a coaching relationship, go to KelseyAbbott.com. Now, let's talk about today's episode. Pete and I just returned from a week in the camper. Camper life is simple and slow and lends itself to tons of epiphanies. So this today, this is story time with Pete and Kelsey. We talk about what it's like to live in the camper, our process of choosing the next place where we're going to live, how we sometimes forget to follow our human design strategies, and then how we remember, because always the universe is reminding us who we are and how we are supposed to flow through life as long as we are listening. We talk about how we support each other's different processes and all the magic we experienced in this recent adventure. Enjoy. And remember, you are a miracle. Go forth and be awesome. So we're recording? We are recording, yes. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. And welcome back to... I don't know. We're in a house again. We after spending a week in the camper. How are you feeling about that? Um, it's it's reminding me of the things I like about a house. I like the I like having a large kitchen. Like I like being able to cook with with countertops. Um, I like when I get off the bed. I like being able to swing my feet to the side and put my feet down on the ground as opposed to kind of scooching to the end <laughs> of the bed and jumping off of what turned out to be a very tall bed. Um, and, uh, I like having our own bathroom as opposed to having to use. I do too. Bathrooms. And I, I kind of like the having to walk. Mm. I, I miss the walk to the bathroom. The, you know, even if it is almost half a mile. Yeah. Specifically <laughs> like, in that last campground that we were at, we were at the far corner. And so it was, it was, I think very close to half a mile to get to the get to the bathroom so how did it feel for you to be in the camper it felt awesome i i was a little bit worried since it had been so long since we've been in the camper i think we'd figured it'd been about a year and a half like it it was all of covid i think the last time we were in the camper was um november in um i think it was around november 2019 um so a little over a year and a half all like like all of the habits had clearly gone. So there was no, I, I was a little bit worried about kind of getting in and there's such a dance, there's such a ballet involved with the camper um, when you've got both of us trying to cook and do stuff in there. Um, and that all came real, like that came back right away. Um, it was really, it was really nice. It was really fun to go back to the simplicity of camper life. Yeah, I love just how simple, how I want a different word than simple like just Mm. everything is yeah it's it's um i almost feel like it's it's like a introductory level in the sense because it makes it so easy and it lowers the barriers and lowers the thresholds to just being mindful and being present Mm -hmm. because you know our our little saying that everything takes longer in the camper is true and it forces you to just focus on the one thing that you're doing now because you can't multitask in a camper. And so you do the thing that you are doing right now and it takes as long as it takes. And that's, I think, an important lesson that is hard to maintain in 
the real world, like in the kind of hectic, busy, crazy life world where you can put a pot on the stove to cook rice and then go off and answer a couple of emails and then realize that uh, the paper towels need replacing. So you go into the other room of paper towels and someone else's, you, like you can have multiple things going at once and you can be thinking, you can be planning and you can be like, well, I, I have to leave in five minutes so I can do these two things. No, camper life doesn't allow that. Like you can't, you can't do that. Yeah, I think that's, I just agree completely. But I'm realizing that we should give some background for mm. people who might be new here or even you just haven't been around since the very, very beginning. V and I, we have a camper. We bought the camper in 2015. It's a very small, it's a box. It's a 19 foot box. Basically, you open the door to the camper and there is a very small, right in front of you, there is a very small fridge. Right to your left, there's a very small bathroom. And then right to your right, there's a table. And then there's a small two burner stove, a sink, and then our bed. And the actual floor space is almost exactly the length of a yoga mat. Our, the decor that came with our camper, we did not do a like interior overhaul. It is not beautiful. And yet it is because there are pink hearts <laughs> on the ceiling of the camper, which was my Valentine's Day surprise from Pete in 2015. I think mm -mm, 2016 2016 yeah because we were we bought it in 2015 picked it up in November of 2015 well no we bought it in November 2015 and then picked it up in January 2016 to start the first no January of 2015 because we sold our house oh you are right yep. okay all right 2016 um and then we have on the cupboards over our bed we have these two drawings of the word love that at the start of our one version of the camper adventure, we stayed with a friend whose 10-year-old daughter taught us a class in how to write shadow lettering. And so we have our, um, well, our completed projects from that class. Yeah. Okay, so now you can kind of get the gist of the camper. So what we did, so now that Pete has corrected me on the timeline, in January of 2016, we left our house in Maine, which we still owned, and went adventuring to the southeast part of the country, of the U.S., wondering where we wanted to live next. And we traveled throughout North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, saying we will never live in Florida. Hmm. And then we came back in end of March, early April, yep. started getting our house ready to sell, Put our house on the market in July, sold our house in September. September, and then <laughs> and then we took off in the camper. We thought we were going to move to Jupiter, Florida, because you remember, you know, we're never going to live in Florida. And we kind of took our time on our way down to Jupiter. We had campground reservations because we could have rented a house or we figured we could just live in the camper while we look for something to buy. So well, clever. Yeah, we were so clever. We were so clever. So we, after a few days of driving, enjoying the time in the camper, we pull into this campground in Jupiter, and within the first like couple feet in that campground, I was like, "Hell no!" Yeah, we hadn't even we didn't even get to our spot yet. We were just like, "This is not." We arrived late, and so there was a night time for people who haven't, you know, who aren't familiar with with like RV campgrounds and stuff like that. You check in and you go in and they give you a map and a spot and you know someone often taking your spot. But if you check in after 5.30 or 6 o'clock, which is when most offices close, there's like a nighttime arrivals and it's literally just, a, you know, the packet of information, you know, where the bathrooms are, all this kind of stuff and, and a line drawn to where your spot is. And so you just drive in and then you kind of go in the next morning and you check in and you, you do all the normal stuff. Um, and yeah, we were, we were driving around to our thing and we were just like, we were both just kind of like, nope, nope, nope. I was saying no before we even got to the spot. Yeah. And Pete's trying to rationalize oh, yeah, it, as he does. Rationalizing. Um, fortunately, the bathroom facilities were under renovation. And so we were able to tell them without lying that this wasn't going to work for the three months that we had reserved because um, we wanted to give ourselves plenty of time to find a house. And we were like, this isn't going to work because we, um, our, our camper is not big enough to, 
you know, have a full bathroom. Um, and so they let us kind of get our money back for the three months, which was generally not what happens. Um, and thus embarked us on, launched us on a, well, we don't have a house anymore. Our stuff's in storage and we don't know where we're going to live. So what now? So we traveled uh, again all the way up. Remember, we'd sold our house in Maine. So we traveled back as far north as Virginia. No, we went to Maryland. And then so all up and down Maryland, Florida a few times. All the way west to Arizona. Turned around. Yeah, it's true. We did not go to California. And um, came back. So 16 months of traveling before we decided to put down some potted roots here in Sarasota, Florida. Yep. So that's our, the, the campground, the camper, excuse me, it's home. Yeah. It was home for 16 months. Yeah. And it was, it, I mean, and and you did a great job of describing it. I want people to understand that it's basically, I think, exterior, the box, the living box, because there's the trailer hitch part that comes out the front. I think the exterior is eight feet, maybe slightly less than that, maybe closer to seven feet by 18 feet. And the interior height is less than six foot four. Right. So Pete can't stand I up can't straight. Actually, unless I stand in the tiny little skylight that's in the middle, I can't stand up straight. We had to have a rule that there were maximum six paws on the ground at time because there was not enough room for Kelsey, myself, and Makai to all be on the ground at the same time. One of us had to be up on the bed. Otherwise, there just wasn't no room. Like, there was literally no room. Like, and we we thrived for 16 months. We really did. The, again, the simplicity was amazing. Yeah. One of the things I was thinking as you were talking about it, Pete, is... Yeah, also had to finish something. When you got something out, you had to yeah. you had to complete that project before moving on. There was no multitasking. Everything had to be done one thing at a time. Do it all the way through. Mm-hmm. And so, okay, so we're back in the camper and we used it a few times to go to races and yeah. Well, I guess that's all we used it for over the last couple of years. And this was our first time back in for a full week. Mhm. And obviously our first time without Makai and he was very missed and also very present. Yep. And yeah, we fell right back into the simplicity and already we've been back for a couple days in our house and we, we both said, I don't want, I want to basically maintain camper living in our house. We're trying really hard to maintain some of the behavioral patterns that we had in the camper to carry them through. It's the same, a similar pattern happened when we moved back into the main house when we, like after that first trip. I mean, that was when we were talking about how um, before we left on camper, we we would often watch TV while we were eating. Um, and I don't think we turned the TV on once. I think we unplugged the TV when we left for the camper so that there wouldn't be any yeah. electrical draw. And then we never, we didn't plug it in until the Olympics Right, so like we went four from months after we got home, April to July, and July the Olympics started, and we we're like, "Where are the cords? Where? Yeah, how <laughs> do we do this? Like, what was the? Because we just never, we didn't really watch TV because we don't have a TV in the camper. Is the other thing, that... right? So this time we came back and we we're like, we don't want to watch TV. We don't actually have TV. We only have we have Netflix and um, Disney Plus, Disney Plus, and Amazon, Amazon Prime. We've got all the streamings. We have ever I don't know how we're going to watch the Olympics. And even, I don't know, maybe that's going to be different this year. Mm-hmm. I care. And yet, I love our little trivia yeah. dinners. Because that's what we do. We ask each other trivia we questions. Like trivia board games. We just ignore the board game aspect of it and just kind of... Yeah, there's no question, points. Question cards. We really don't care who gets anything right. <laughs> All right. So anyway... The camper. Let's talk about this particular trip. Mm-hmm. And what 
conspired. Conspired? Is that the right word? Is that a word? Uh, conspired is absolutely a word. I'm not sure if you're using <laughs> it appropriately. We'll just have to let you finish the sentence before we can weigh in on that one. I don't know how to talk about this other than doing it in chronological order. Yeah. So here's where I'm going to start. We pulled into the campground in Vero Beach, which is our first location. And as we're setting things up, which was actually a little different because typically Pete would set up the camper as Makai and I were walking around or I was basically taking care of Makai. So all of a sudden he's like, you want to plug in the electrical? And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I've done that since the first night yeah. ever in the camper. So anyway, setting things up, open one of the, we're going to call it a cabinet for now. And I found my Betty kit, my triathlon race kit, the one that I wore in 2017 for a race in Sarasota. I said that with like a Michigan accent. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do that if I tried. Anyway, race in Sarasota, draft legal nationals, uh, where I crashed. This was actually my favorite kit. It was covered in blood. Yeah. It had a hole in it. Yeah. And I, I guess I just didn't know what to do with it. And so we had stashed it in the camper. And what's interesting to me is we had used the camper to go to races like, at least five times since then. Yeah, but we never had to, like, we never really opened, we never really opened the pass-through. I opened the pass-through, and I was always going in for specific things, and so... And you just never saw it. It was I right there really, in the yeah. front. Yeah. Okay, so anyway, what, one of the purposes, and we're going to get into this, and in I think in a second, of this trip was to figure out where next. Yeah. Because we feel like we have, we're done with Sarasota. As I mentioned, it was, it feels like a potted where we wanted to put down potted roots and we feel like our time is done here. Mm -hmm. So here we are wondering where to go to next. And I pull out this kit that is from Sarasota. That that race in October of 2017 is the reason we moved here because after crashing, I met some healers here and was like, well, this seems like as good a place as any. We had... There are people in the world who absolutely love where they live. Shout out to Jamie, who's madly in love with Annapolis. And I am really jealous. Anyone who's madly in love with where you live, I can't even fathom that. Mm. I've never lived someplace. I've always felt like I don't quite belong mm. everywhere I've lived. Mm -hmm. So we are looking for that place where that we love madly and recognizing that maybe we're never going to truly madly deeply love a place yeah and and you know nomadism exists for a reason um i don't think we ever truly want to be 100 percent nomadic um again again because we were for 16 months but uh, i i think I, I think people use people's relationship with the places where they live varies from person to person uh, I think it depends on your personality type. It depends on your needs. It depends on all that kind of stuff. So I, I think very possibly we may never like be madly in love with where we live, but I hope we feel that connection that some people. I hope we feel rooted. Yeah. Well, we've got this whole list of, let me finish the story about the yes. kit. So I found this kit and I was like, oh my goodness, I've been putting so much effort lately into releasing um, so much. I mean, we... Basically, we've been emptying out the house of all the stuff. Some of the, some boxes that we never really unpacked from when we moved them down in Maine, continuing the purge that we, that was interrupted in Maine. Yeah. Um, Anything and, that we feel complete with has yeah, gone. Has gone. And, and so then there's this kit that actually represents the start of us moving to Sarasota. And it's just sitting there in our energy. So that yeah. is now in the garbage at, in Vero Beach. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So where did I want to go back to? Um, why? What was our intention for this trip? Yeah, I think... I think you and I had different 
primary goals for it. So what was yours? So I, I really wanted to go research these potential places that we'd identified as possibilities. I mean, at the, without wanting to get into too many of the details of the list, because it's just, it's a very long list and it's very detailed. Um, one of the primary goals that we have for where we live next, we want it to be warm. Climate remains an important thing. There are a couple of practical things like safe place to bike and safe place to run and, and a good, you know, outdoor swimming pool that's available and safe and such, which is none of those three characteristics are guaranteed in many places in Florida. But I think one of the most important non-practical, non-like you can do it through Googling is does this, does it nourish us? Does it support us? Is it, is it this, uh, you know, we wanted to become stewards of, of a piece of the land rather than living in suburbia, which works for many people. But for us, that was something that we felt, I think that we really lost after leaving Maine where we had a little bit of land and we could grow things and we could take care of it. Whereas here we've got a postage stamp lawn, which is fine, but you know, um, the, the values in the city and in suburbia are different than the values when you're looking at more of a rural thing. So we're looking for a place that we're really, I guess, nourish is the, is the word that keeps coming up in our list and in our conversations. Yeah. Um, and as a non-specific manifester, I'm, trying my best to lean heavily into feeling nourished, feeling expansive, feeling grounded, feeling vital, mm. all of those feelings, whereas Pete is deep in the nitty gritty as because he's a specific manifester. Mm -hmm. And I guess now is the time just to, for those of you that just don't happen to know our human designs off the top of your head, we're both manifesting generators. I'm a four, six, Pete's a 2-4. Pete has a defined crown in Ajna, open root, open ego. I have an open crown, open Ajna, and everything else is defined. So now that we have set the stage for y'all, mm -hmm. for anyone who cared, Ariana, that was for you, because you might be the only one listening who cares about such things. So yeah, so that was my goal. My goal was... was we'd identified these places that we'd kind of skipped over or not really looked closely at for whatever reason in our original, you know, 16 month and then original two month trip. And, and it was four years ago. We were and like, it was four years can ago. Can anyone build a new pool? Yeah. So things may have changed and we've changed and what we're looking for has changed. So that was, that was my primary goal. And I know yours was subtly different. Yeah. I was more looking forward to that simplicity mm -hmm. of the camper and adventure there's a big part of camper living and adventuring in the camper where nothing is planned. Mm -hmm. We we were noticing that on the second day, we woke up in Vero Beach and we had come up with this plan where we were going to drive to this road so I could bike. We were going to go to this parking lot. I could bike. Then I'd return from my ride and Pete and I would run and then we'd go jump in the ocean. The logistics all and then we had to get back to the campground in time to shower but then they were cleaning the showers right before checkout and this was all totally stressful and we decided we got up that morning and we're like screw it let's just drive straight up to our next location yeah and and then i can do my workout out that up there and there's so much flow and adaptability to camper life of like wait uh, this isn't gonna work let's just totally scratch it and yeah move on yeah and i think i think one of the things that came up in our conversations because this harkens back to the 16 months where we processed this profound change in plans differently um, i mean we were both kind of stressed when we realized that we no longer had a plan for where to live we both had a bit of an existential crisis and then you embraced it as an opportunity to explore an adventure and I embraced it as an opportunity to go shopping for cities. And we both shared elements of each other's goals, but it was only kind of in describing it to people, you would describe it in a very different light than I would describe it. 
And that's when we'd both be like, oh, that's right, right? You're, you're mostly in this for the adventuring or, oh, that's right, you're mostly in this with a little checklist in your mind being like, all right, cross off, you know, Tennessee, that's out. And, and so I think that cropped up again in, in this trip, which again, I, I loved the adventuring. I loved the exploring. And, and you also were like, yeah, you know, Stuart has a lovely little downtown and that's something interesting to keep in mind. Didn't know that about Stuart or no, the pools here in this, ta- this town that we won't name names are horrible and we'll never ever, like this does not work as a pool. So this little area is crossed off. Um, so we were both looking at each other's goals and I think one of the things that came up was how like the, the sense of compromise and the flow between any given activity or any given plan, it kind of flowed between is this more an adventuring, exploring, or is it more of a we have to go check out this thing so that the so because the checklist because we have to know whether or not this is a suitable place to live, and I felt like without really saying all right, well in the morning we're going to go exploring and in the afternoon we're going to do the checklist. Like I think we did a really good job, an interesting job of just kind of communicating as we flowed from one to the other, like almost like a needle going back and forth between, okay, well, it turns out we're now sliding a little bit more into exploration and we're both fine with that. And then I'd be like, yeah, but I really want to go check out, there are a couple of these houses that were in this neighborhood. So I just want to get a feel for the neighborhood and just see if it's okay. Still technically kind of exploring, but very much a checklist. And then we'd flow back that way and you'd help navigate to the specific spot with a specific plan with da, da, da. And so I was curious if like what you're feeling from your end of seeing that ebb and flow between those two goals felt like I so I see it your how you just described and also what it's reminding me of is shortly after Makai left I asked him how are we gonna know where we're supposed to go next and he very clearly said puppy first and for those of you if you haven't yet listened to the recent episode talking to animals with emma jensen go listen to that um so you'll know that yeah i i can have these short conversations with makai and he said puppy first and well we'll tell you about that as as that process Unfolds. evolves yeah yes um but that's not evolving until like august right and this episode is going to come out like a week before august yeah. so anyway yeah more on that later um okay so there is that Makai says puppy first and i'm like okay we don't need to know yet i don't need to know anything mm-hmm. i know nothing we'll mm-hmm. just let it evolve and then i think we both started get like feeling more and more ready to move on so Mm -hmm. where are we going like it felt like something to cling to something to grab onto like the excitement of going to a new place moving to a new place and then right like the week before a day before we left i was talking to my good friend meg haynes and makai had nudged her to pull three cards for us and well, we'll get into those cards in a moment, but um, I'm sorry, I keep getting distracted. There's make just a list of all the things. There's so that much to keep track of. Welcome to my open Ajna. All right. So, anyways, I had said I said to Meg, I don't think we're gonna discover where we're gonna live next, and we both said at the same time, it feels like an opening. And so, again, like I'm saying before we leave. I'm saying it feels like an opening. We're not going to discover where we're going to live, but it's mm-hmm. going to, there's going to be something. This is a big step for us. And then once we're on the road, I'm right there with Pete. Like, oh, are we going to live here? Does this have all the pieces? Does this have the checklist? Mm-hmm. And so for me, it was a falling into that excitement of the like, oh, does the buffet have all the things I want? Mm-hmm. And stepping back and remembering we are both manifesting generators. It is not our job to figure it out. The universe is going to serve us and we get to respond. Well, and I think what you're pointing out is is 
is the humanity of it, right? I mean, and it's that we've talked about it in a grief episode. It's the tug, tug between earth school and humanity and our souls who know at some level already and our humans that forget and have to relearn constantly. So the thing that you, you mentioned, like that excitement and clinging to, like some, you know, some people go out and buy things. Um, other people go and, I don't know, I don't know what, but like looking forward to something is a is an established, well-established coping mechanism when you're processing grief of many different kinds. So looking forward to where we're going to live next is in some ways a, an easy balm for the soul and for the whole that's in you know, our soul from like Makai leaving. And it's also very human to get, like we both, there is, there are a couple of good candidate cities on our list when we left for our trip. And one of them was very much like, we tried really hard to make it work mentally in our heads, justifying and justifying and just like, no, this, this isn't going to work as it is right now, as we are right now, this isn't going to work. And we both drove home, uh, drove back to the campground and we were both kind of like, bummer. And we talked about it and realized as, or I realized and I, I kind of said out loud something that you already knew, which was disappointment is is essentially at its core what happens when you have expectations for something that you have no control over and those expectations are are not met and so you feel disappointed and the mistake is not in the execution that didn't lead to meeting the expectations the kind of the 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 friction point that you that humaning is about working on is having those expectations to begin with and so we both had those expectations about this place that we'd never really been to before and this hope that this maybe was going to have all the things in the buffet and have all the things on the checklist and then oh my gosh it didn't and so then it's a little bit of disappointment and i think that was a really helpful process to just go through again as a refresher course of like don't have expectations like this is not the we had said this is not the point of this trip there is no timeline there is no we need to know by you know july 16th when we get home where we're going to live like there's no this is our last shot to figure out where we're going to move to this is just a fun camper trip and we're going to go as an excuse to help us decide where we're going to go we're going to pick places that towns that we haven't been to before that seem like they could be interesting places no more, no less. Um, and so I, I felt what you were describing was just like that human side coming into this process that could be a very open soul-based process. And yet we're in earth school for the human part of it. Yeah. And let's actually dive into some of the specifics on, on that. So we decided to go north um, after aborting that morning workout, drive north, so I would do my workout in the afternoon and we discovered this beautiful rail trail. We park in this, we're the only which, car. Which for anyone who doesn't know, a rail trail is a, a railroad that's been converted to a trail. So they exist all over the places as railroads have become less prevalent, but they are basically paths often through rural countryside forest, very flat, low grade, Usually either gravel or pavement, but just as a rail trail yeah. explanation. Um, because I have learned that there aren't very many places to bike safely on the road in Florida. Maybe anywhere in the world anymore. So anyways, find this beautiful trail. We pull into this little parking spot. We're the only ones there. We look both ways on the trail. It's completely empty. Like no humans no animals well actually quite a few very large spiders very large do you want to talk about the spiders um no (laughs) very large webs very large spiders about six foot off the ground which is fine for the vast majority of the population but for someone to six foot four it's freaky but anyways (laughs) we can go on okay so anyway so i decide i'm gonna ride on this trail 
And I'm part of me is absolutely loving me, loving it. Oh, loving me. Maybe I am. And part of me is absolutely terrified. Mm -hmm. It is woodsy. It is like just smelled so good. Mm -hmm. And again, like I'm all alone. I'm like, how sketchy is this? I have no idea where I'm going on this trail. Is this safe? Is this like a, oh my God, don't ride by yourself as a woman on this trail in this like strange city. But so I kept saying like, Makai, please protect me. Please show me you're here. Please support me. And I had a butterfly fly smack dab into my left shoulder, which has had happened the day before when we were walking on this nature trail. I there are grasshoppers just all over the place, which is what he told us. He would always make sure there were grasshoppers around to remind us that he was near. And then when I really, one point where I really got sketched out, I saw the most beautiful rainbow I've ever seen. It was a straight line in the sky. It was the brightest rainbow ever. There was no sign of rain at all at that point. And I just... I knew he was there. I knew there was so much magic. And I continued on this trail. Again, just absolutely gorgeous. Turned around, came back. And Pete and I went for a run. And we were both just loving the woodsiness of it. Mm -hmm. And so we were both in this place of like, huh. This is unexpected. Well, this is fascinatingly amazing. Like, maybe this is it. (laughs) This is it phase. That the next morning we went exploring and tried to check, you know, check some boxes and failed. Yeah, and, boxes did not get checked. Yeah, and this is where we got frustrated. We got disappointed. Yeah. And then we went for a walk on the beach. Yeah. And that felt really good. Mm-hmm. But of course, as we're walking along, we see the word faith. Well, we were, did, we were talking about... This is what makes it so interesting in my book, is we literally were talking about this disappointment. We were talking about these expectations, talking about, and I was talking, and it's just like, it's 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 really hard sometimes just to, you know, just to believe. You know, like, I, you know, something along the lines where it literally, I didn't say you got to have faith, but it was like, sometimes it's just really hard to believe and you take two steps and then I look down and you're already looking down and someone had written faith on the sand and like everything else was smooth because it had happened like there was no one around us no one was writing it it was relatively smooth sand because the uh, wave had already kind of softened everything up but somehow somehow there had been like the time between the last wave and someone had written faith so it was super crystal clear right in the middle of everything and I was like Oh, and fuck that. All right, I guess. <laughs> I guess you have to have faith. Fine. I get it. I get it. And this was very much where we were talking about, okay, remember, come back to center. Come back to alignment yep. with our design. Remember, we are MGs. The universe is here to be our personal shopper. It's going to show us things. We have no idea how it's going to show us these things. Right. We have to have faith. I hadn't actually used the word at that time but i was like we gotta trust like a mofo the universe always brings us the perfect thing at the perfect time you gotta trust and i think that got into the second element of the conversation which was there is like there is a nuance between having faith and and knowing that the universe is going to be your personal shopper and still going out and exploring and going out and doing like that's there's not a like you can have faith and you can know that as an MG the universe is your personal shopper but if you sit at home waiting then you're going to be disappointed because like the universe needs it's almost like jujitsu actually you're going to feel frustrated oh yeah that's our frustrated frustrated for manifesting generators and generators is a red flag that you're not living your design yeah and so it's it's almost like jujitsu that uses your opponent's strengths against them and, and the momentum. And so the really? universe, yeah, the universe is essentially, I think. So. <laughs> I'm getting a lot here on the limb there, but I'm pretty confident. Um, but the, the concept is there of like, 
you don't have to supply the power in in the thing it's like you get things moving and then the universe will be able to redirect and move it's not going to start things moving so you can't like if you if you want a million dollars you can't just sit on your sofa wait for a million dollars you go out there and you do and then the universe helps get you that by you know bringing things into your orbit as you're moving around and right and by doing what you mean is you follow the joy right yeah and you yes, play exactly yeah that so it was our job to be like walking on the beach playing in the waves exploring yeah. but not trying to figure it out yeah not logicking well if this pool is 20 minutes away and then if we look at the hardiness zones to find out where forests are and then we are willing to be 20 minutes away from the beach then that venn diagram overlap points to this town and that's where we're going to be which just seems perfectly logical which to is me. exactly what <laughs> pete tried at one point but I understand that that's not going to work that way because every time I tried that, it didn't work. And then, and now I don't know chronology. I think it was a couple of days later where we were talking about just how we were feeling about this whole adventure. And I said, I just feel done with Sarasota. Mm-hmm. And which is, I have uh, recently been reminded that that's kind of how I end things is I'm just, okay, I'm done. (laughs) And then I would like to move on to the next thing. When I am done, then this is how I used to leave parties in college. Like, okay, Kelsey out. See ya. And they'd be like, wait, five more minutes, Kelsey. Nope. Done. Out of here. And so I was saying, I felt that. I felt that, like, I'm ready to go. I feel, I was like, I'm a little worried about going back to Sarasota for months, trying to be patient and recognize that one step at a time, as Mm -hmm. Makai keeps reminding us, one, two, three, four. Like, I was worried. I just feel the urgency. And so how did you interpret that? I can't remember. How did I interpret that? Oh, that's when I went and rode my bike for an hour. And you started looking up. Oh, you, right. You started like trying to fix it for oh, me. Oh, that's right. Because you were you getting really bummed about that, and then and that's that kicked me into being like, all right, I'm fucking crack it. Here we go. All the <laughs> powers. Solve the of, case. Just gonna just gonna do the like it's all Google, right? It's all googling this and googling that, and yeah. And I got I gave myself a headache. Because I was forcing it. Because I was just like, I have an hour and a half. Actually, it was... Uh, it was only it an was, hour. It was only an hour because you only bike. Because we'd go... It, it, the, this, this trail was sketchy enough that there was no way Kelsey was going to drive there and go bike on her own. So I'd drive there and I'd hang out for the hour. And then when she'd come back with the bike, we'd go for a run. And so I spent that hour just Googling on my phone, which is not the most effective um, Googling screen eye pain thing um but yeah like just you know searching for this and looking for that and and just like it didn't it wasn't working out like and it just but it like and instead of just being like whatever this is not the right way like I was getting frustrated and that's that should have been my first flag to be like you are not doing this in keeping with your design you need to just like you are not you are not following the joy here but I just kept, cause I was like, no, you are like, we are bummed by this. And so I'm like, I got to pop that log jam out. So everything starts flowing down the river again. And so when you came back from your bike ride, I was all like, and then we started going out for a run and I, I couldn't even keep up. Like I, like right from the get go, this wasn't even a question of, of like you getting off your bike and having your legs. So you were going to run. And it was only halfway through this, what ended up being a 25-minute run or something, that I was actually able to pick up any kind of pace. And then you, you called me on it afterwards, and we're just like, so is everything all right? Like, what'd you do? And I was full on like, yeah, no. So I tried to solve it, and it didn't work, and I got cranky, and I got a headache. <laughs> <laughs> 
But then that enabled a conversation between yep. us where we recognized, so I have part of my design is this desire to start things. Mm -hmm. And I'm aware of this. This is, I mean, this has been with me since day one. And I think the analogy I gave you is it's like, I have this crazy desire to make out with you in public, but I don't always act on it because it would be inappropriate, inappropriate. if not illegal. Yeah, if not illegal. So it's the same, 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 but also different because so I feel this strong desire to move on to the next place, but I know that I can't yet because right. I'm only, I don't know how many steps there are in this, but I'm not to the one where we figure out what's next and i remember this we were because that's we went for a walk after the run under the spiders yeah oh, yeah <laughs> spiders picture a spider that's six inches across thin legs thin body like we're not talking tarantula four pound spider but big and it's hanging suspended in the middle of the air in a web that stretches anywhere from three to five feet across between trees like across this trail that sometimes you have to duck under, sometimes they're right above your head. And as you get closer, they move so they hang upside down and they're staring at you. Like, I kid you not, people. Like, I had to Google to make sure they don't eat birds and small children. Apparently, they only go for butterflies, grasshoppers, and dragonflies. But this shit's scary. Um, so, and at one point in time, you went under and you caught, like, and, the, and the, the silk is thick. Yeah. Like, and apparently colored yellow so that birds see it because they don't want birds flying through it. Um, and so Kelsey snagged one and it, it withstood her snagging it. And the spider looked around and she was like, oh, and ducked down lower. And I'm like, nope, fuck that. I'm not going. I'm turning around. <laughs> and she's like, well, how do I get back underneath it? I'm like, well, you've got to figure that out because I'm not, I'm not walking any further. I'm turning around right now. Um, and I remember, it's vaguely there, so you may have to fill in some of the details, but I remember that conversation and we realized that one of the challenges as like we have as humans in a relationship working with someone for whom we love and, and want to make life better and easier for, I'm not talking just about, you know, men's tendencies to want to fix things and stuff like that but but in general we want to we we hear a need and we want to fulfill that need or or meet that need and we talked about how we all have our own individual like you described it as your inner child who who just wants it now and you've had 40 something years to figure that out and you've been doing a lot of work in the last 10, 15 of those years, and you realize like there are times, and I think we all realize this at some level, there are situations and opportunities to let that inner child like on a long leash and let it run around a little bit and run off some steam because keeping it constantly cooped up and, and controlled well, it's kind of like kids in a car. Like at some point in time, you just pull into the rest stop. You make sure that there's a fence around so they can't get under it. I just let them go, go, go nuts a little bit. You know, it's a controlled environment. You figure it out and they do all sorts of stuff and you're whatever. And then you get back in the car and, and they're much better in the car and you can all make progress. The, the challenge is you know what you're doing when you're letting your inner child off on a, on a leash. All I see is the the outcome of that and so i'm like wow kelsey's really frustrated and she wants to she wants to know where we're going next now so all right like let's i'm gonna try and do this and so it was that like we were having a conversation about the challenges of you know you know what you're doing in the sense of like you've learned this coping mechanism with the inner child it's like an agreement that like you'll you'll let it off the leash a little bit or or, or give it a little longer leash and It'll kind of say its bit and have its vote and feel heard, and then it'll go back and kind of join the pack, and we'll all keep moving forward. And I just see that, and it's easy to kind of freak out over that from the outside. And I can't remember what you were talking about, you know, my equivalent. I can't either. I can't remember what my equivalent. But I, I had something similar that I'd learned to do, 
and just kind of let run its course and me knowing full well that it's like, yep, this is just blowing off steam kind of thing, but you misinterpreting that and, and feeling like it was this was an actionable thing that you needed to address or help or deal with and, and how that's an important part of this like learning process. Yeah. Whole bunch of theoretical this is my my defined audition of people. There you go. Perfect example. It it makes talking. Yeah. It makes words keep coming out of Pete's mouth. Yep. Anyways, uh, so we finish off in this this is about the three quarter way point and and we just realize that we've kind of come to grips that this really isn't going to result in a aha pin in a map, you know, plans to move done. So we drive back south after having kind of decided, you know, are we just going to go randomly explore? Are we going to go check out a few final little spots? Um, and we decided to go south. And then we pulled into a sketchy campground. Oh, super sketchy. And we know sketchy campgrounds. And by the way, there is a difference between campgrounds and trailer parks. Oh, yes. But sometimes... That line is very Sometimes blurry. it's very blurry. We stayed in our big... 16 month adventure we um we spent one night when we were driving across to arizona um i won't tell you where it was but the bathroom it felt like a prison not that i've ever been in a prison but it was yeah it was very 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 sketchy and then there was the other one where there were signs all over the place how to recognize sex trafficking yeah, it was like basically right off the highway. It was super dark, super in the middle of nowhere. Sex trafficking uh, posters all over the place. And the lights turn off in the bathroom if you haven't moved in two minutes, which is kind of a problem if you're in a stall <laughs> and the lights go off. All right, so anyway, we've had the, we'd had those sketchy experiences and we pulled into this and I was like, nope, nope, no. nope, nope. No. Um, so then we went to the campground that had a half mile walk to the bathroom which was a very beautiful parking lot yeah with a beautiful pool it's just a new basically someone's taken a field created a whole bunch of spots for you know paved a bunch of roads on it created a whole bunch of spots and there are basically no trees and they've planted a whole bunch of trees but they're all like four or five feet tall and so we had said like in five to ten years this is going to be a lovely campground yes it'll still probably be very loud yes very loud because it's right near a main road to get from the city towards the the main I-95 um, entrance ramp. So all the trucks use their Jake brakes as they drive down this small country road to make a 90-degree turn to get towards it. So it's all like... Makes you feel first. You feel before you hear it. Yeah, it's crazy. Okay, yeah. So we got to that campground and... Well, well, that's where that's where I think we, we switched gears a little bit because we had a plan to go see stuff in the city and in driving through the city to the sketchy campground, we were just like, well, this isn't going to work. And so then we kind of spent, we had like a whole day dedicated to check out the area. And that's where we went running and we went to the beach. Like we almost used up the whole day in, in just kind of having fun and exploring and adventuring in that sense. Um and and I think that was an important turning point where we both were just like, sure, we'll go we'll go check some stuff out just because we're here and we're curious. And that's where we found out, you know, the lovely little downtown that, that we hadn't noticed before when you're driving through because there's a lot of nooks and crannies. Um, and I think that's what someone asked us. I was like, well, you know, have you looked everywhere? Like, you know, it's really hard to 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 see the whole place when you only drive through it in an hour. And it's like that's. You know, we know we're not seeing the whole place, but you kind of just drive around and you fill it out in your map, in your mental map in your head. At least I do. Well, yeah. And when you know that wisdom lives in your body and your head is just for decoration. So we know we are sacral beings. We know our sacral centers are going to give us a yes or a no. We know that our spleens are going to give us an intuitive hit instantly when we see something we know that we both are emotional beings and so we're not going to get the true answer for 24 hours but we don't need to go ajna on it 
and and figure everything out. Well, some people know that, and other people are just learning constantly that constantly remembering. remembering. Yeah, I want to back up okay. to the pennies because there was the first oh, yes. one was the day before when I was walking. I was walking back from the bathroom <laughs> in the campground, and I I was I had a moment of thinking. Ugh, I'm never going to find this place. And that's when I saw a brand new, bright, shiny penny right in front of me. And I saw another brand new, bright, shiny pine- penny the next day. I know these are from Makai. Like, I, I heard him say, they're gold, mommy. <laughs> just, just, he knows. Everything is golden. When we trust, everything is golden. And that actually brings back to the cards... See, I can circle it back mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, the cards that he had pulled, he had Meg pull. One was don't settle. The place you desire, the things you desire, it exists. Mm. And I felt like the pennies were, it exists. It mm-hmm. exists. And then one was clear. Keep clearing stuff out. Mm-hmm. And I felt, I when she pulled that, at first I was like, we have released so much lately, like really more. And then pulled that tri kit. And I was like, Oh, well look at this big, like cork in our aura. Mm -hmm. And then the next one was new beginnings. And part of that card was a, a scene of a sunrise. It could have been sunset as well, but, um, like a sun with ray, like alternating color rays. And as we were driving North, um, I don't know, early in the trip, I was looking out the window and the balcony railings on one of the buildings on the side of the road, like facing the beach, had that exact same design. Hmm. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. well, look at that. So there were signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. So then we back up to the last couple of days of the trip where we just decided, let's just go play. Mm-hmm. Let's try and get in nature. We had been really excited about doing a trail run and then learned that the only access to this trail was if you were a member of the mountain bike club. Um, so we did an alternative run and we saw a hawk. Yeah, like it was a like it was it was an old it was called the jungle trail. It's basically a dirt road that used to be used um, to connect various properties along the barrier island off the coast of Florida and um, it's now it, it's I think it's a heritage thing and so they, they maintain it and it's it's interesting because there's golf courses on either sides and big development like just thinly through but it's kind of like a green corridor so I'm sure the animals love it and we were running um, at the start of our run probably about 10 minutes in and yeah hawk like trees on both sides and kind of like trees over top and this hawk literally flew down in front of us and about 15 to 20 feet in front of us just kind of obviously decided to leave tree that it was on and fly through the open space of the road and then fly up into a tree that's you know somewhere off to the side but it was really neat to see the hawk and significance of this is hawk is something one of my spirit guides i've been told i see the hawk physically before i get an intuitive hit and that I do have a hawk spirit guide. And I used to see hawks all the time. And then Makai left and I hadn't seen hawks. I hadn't heard hawks. And I started hearing them again a couple weeks ago. But I still couldn't see them. Like I'd hear a hawk call and I'd run outside looking for it. And I had not seen any. So this was the first hawk I have seen since Makai left. Mm-hmm. And then I saw my second one today. <laughs> They feel like, oh, we're getting back in flow. Mm-hmm. And then we went and played in the ocean and got covered in sargassum. Yeah, that was less fun. And <laughs> it, it, it still was glorious. It was it was glorious. I, I love, you know, and that was one of the things that I love about this uh, this trip is, is reconnecting with the ocean, with the Atlantic Ocean. Um, and the big wide beaches you get and the, and the kind of the crashing surf that it was mostly red flag days. But even that was, like, it was fun. Like, it was fun, for sure. Is there anything else you want to, before I wrap it up with 
our lessons <laughs> from this experience. Is there anything else that we need to cover? I don't think so. I kind of wish I'd known what my little inner child example was because it was a great conversation that we had. But that's the example of it. Like we, you know, it made its mark. It, it got factored in and the details aren't necessarily important. So no, I don't, I think mm, it I got think embodied. It got embodied. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's anything we missed. All right. So what are your big takeaways or lessons or whatever you want to call them from this adventure? Or just where are you right now? Where am I right now is a lot easier. Um, well, I think it's just, it's, it's the faith. It's like, there's no rush. There's no clock. There's no time table on it. We, we know what we want to do and it's just up to the universe and divine timing for us to figure out when and where that is, where we go next, what we do next how it all plays out um, and it's been a really helpful kind of real world example to show me that you can't ajnai your way through obstacles like you just you can't I tried for an hour <laughs> in the car and it gave me a headache. it hurt it hurt so yeah I think that's the I mean that's the main lesson um, for me at least it was just a reminder like I I do not um, regret the planning that went into it and the research that went into it and the checklists that were involved like and all that kind of stuff and the research because that's that was part of exploring and everyone explores differently and like uh, I think at one point in time we were driving south on on the barrier island and I was you you were just like what's wrong and I'm like what do you mean He's like, you're you clearly are not following joy right now like what and I'm like I just I don't see the point like why we had talked about driving north. Why are we driving south? Like you were navigating at the time. I'm like, we're not going to live here. So what's the... And you were like, if you would like to turn around. And I was like, I would. Then let's turn around. And so I turned around. And we ended up driving down that way anyways, three or four days later. But but that's just... Like, it, it's okay that there was checklist involved in this week. Like that, that wasn't... That's not the problem. That's not the issue. Um, it's just accepting that it's we're not going to checklist our way through this process yeah we're not going to mental our way through yeah. this mm -mm. yeah that's the that's my main lesson i think mine is one step at a time which mm. i really feel like makai has been trying to teach me <laughs> so, forever <laughs> yeah forever um at one point he said to me this is after he left he said mom stop trying to jump to the end and he said that to other people too who have asked him about the timing he's like I'm not going to tell you the timing that spoils the adventure and then I just keep saying one two three one two three four then I was telling Pete about this I'm seeing this everywhere and then we were about to start our run or we're going to walk a little bit on this really hot jungle trail before we ran and Pete asked what time it was and I was like oh 12 13 he's like oh look at that mm -hmm. how many steps are there to this and obviously we have absolutely positively no idea but it is the reminder I I get very excited I see the big picture this is like so ingrained in my design I see where it pops up everywhere I see the big picture. I see the future for other people, but like I can feel it for us. It's a very blurry, vague sense. And I want to go there. Mm -hmm. And <sighs> I got to go one step at a time. And yep. I feel like step one was all the releasing. Mm -hmm. And step two was this opening mm -hmm. of this adventure. And I have no idea if we're still in step two or if we're moving on to step three. And again, like how many steps there are, I don't know anything. And we don't have to know. No, we don't need to know. No. But I am really, really glad I'm on this adventure with you. Yes. Yes, it is much more fun to be doing this together, for sure. You're done with this now, aren't you? I'm done. <laughs> My eyes is tapped out. I love you. Thank you for doing this with me. You're welcome. I love you. 
Hey, it's me. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, come on over to KelseyAbbott.com to get your free human design chart and a little golden nugget about your design from me. And if you're ready to book your human design reading, or you're curious about what one-on-one coaching with me looks like, that information and the contact information for me is all at KelseyAbbott.com. To book your human design reading, go straight to KelseyAbbott.com slash human design. And finally, if this episode resonated with you, or if any episode resonated with you, please share it with your friends. And if you're inspired, please leave a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. You are incredible and amazing and absolutely positively one of a kind. Go forth and be awesome.